everyone. Hello, my dear friends. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. If you want to call me today uh, with a question or comment, the number here is 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. Also, if you have trouble listening to us through the internet because of problems with connection, you can listen to uh, what's called listen live by phone number uh, 641-793-7091. And if you would like to send me an email, um, you're welcome to do that after this show. Uh, my email is peter18resnik at gmail.com. Peter, my name, number one and number eight, R-E-Z, as zebra and as nancy ik at gmail.com. I intended to start this show today with answering your emails. I received a number of interesting emails this week, but that was a long time ago. That was before this weekend that I made the decision. Now events happened and I cannot ignore them. As the French say, you cannot ignore the elephant in a corridor. That's the expression. So let me say at least a little bit about the war in the Middle East, in Israel. Nobody can understand how Israel is live. Maybe, maybe a little bit now Ukrainians can understand it. After 600 days of not knowing where the explosions come tomorrow, uh, feeling unsafe, feeling constantly tense and on alert, not knowing what tomorrow will bring. And that's how Israelis live for the last 75 years. And what came to my mind is the four members of the United States Congress, the squad they call themselves, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Ilan Oman, I believe she's from Minnesota, then Ayanna Presley from, from Massachusetts, and Rashida Talib. Uh, I think she's from Michigan. Uh, I apologize if I'm making a mistake. They sing this song, From the River to the Sea, meaning from River Jordan to Mediterranean Sea, to throw all Israelis into the sea, to clean up the, their land. Is that their land? Just like we spoke about Ukraine, and I mentioned to you that a lot of people do not know history. And the same thing with uh, what is happening in the consciousness of a lot of people. These four women, the squad, it's an interesting name they chose for themselves. I remember uh, the squads, the killing squads in many countries. But um, people do not know history. These four call Israelis aggressors who are imperialists and oppressors and attack Arab countries over and over again. I have to remind you, on May 14th, 1948, 
David Ben-Gurion, the head of Jewish agency, proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel. The United States President, President Truman, recognized the new nation the same day. And a couple of days later was the Soviet Union to recognize the new nation. But on the same day, May 14th, five Arab countries, Egypt, Iraq, Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria, attacked Israel. Israel protected itself, defended itself. But uh, those who like to brainwash people, they say, look, Israelis fight war after a war, wars of aggression. No, it was uh, a state that only was established for a few hours, had no army, only militia, and uh, they knew how to protect themselves. And since 1948, Israel fought eight wars. Each one was a war of defending itself. And I believe uh, it was Abba Ibn, Israeli ambassador to the United States, who said, what will happen if Arabs put down, down the arms? There will be peace. What will happen if Israel put down their arms? There will be no Israel. And he also said, peace will come when they love their children more than they hate us. Maybe it's Golda Meir who said this. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been reading, we started reading the Bible, starting with Genesis. Muslims view the Bible as their holy book. And the Jews, they call the people of the book. And in the Quran, their prophet, Muhammad, wrote that God told him, Quran, I quote, uh, Surah 32, verse 23. And certainly, we have the book of Musa, that's the name for Moses. So be not in doubt concerning the receiving of it. And we made it a guide to the children of Israel. That's a quote. That's in the Quran. And this guide to the children of Israel, in the book of Genesis, in this guide, Abraham hears from God, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And so it has been throughout history. I don't have time to go through it now. But if you are interested in the subject, we can go through it at some time in the future. One country after the other. Whoever gave the Hebrews refuge and respected their freedom to worship, prospered. And whoever oppressed them, sooner or later, they came to their demise. Even with Arab countries. The only country which has historically been tolerant to the Jews has been Morocco. And it has been the only country which has never seen social unrest, no fanatics killing civilians, no financial crisis, no killing of the king or ministers. Peace. Yet there are countries that make 
a continuous effort to delegitimize Israel and also plant the seeds of hatred toward America, trying to convince Americans to hate America. Here I, have, I, I got some, uh, this morning, some data. According to the Department of Education in the United States, between 1986 and 2021, what is it, 35 years, colleges and universities in the United States received $8.5 billion from Arab sources. Think about it, $8.5 billion, universities, American universities, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Kuwait are the biggest contributors. Just to give you an idea, Qatar, for example, has given about $1 billion to elite American universities since 2011, in the last 22 years. Why? Who were the recipients? Cornell University, Harvard University, Georgetown University, University of Colorado, Pennsylvania State University, George Washington University, Texas A&M University. And now, guess in what universities the students protest against Israel and against America, burning American flags. I will leave it to you. You're listening, you're watching news and television, you're listening to the radio, you can figure it out. I went on the internet uh, to check on, on what's going on. On Sunday, we had holidays, remember, Saturday and Sunday, it was holidays of, we celebrate, Jewish people celebrate, they're receiving on the Torah. It's called Simcha Torah holiday. And on that holiday, the, I will not be repeating what happened. The um, Hamas soldiers and, and rockets and all this. So I went on the internet just to, to get some update of what's happening because the rumors were already there. So at 8 p.m., I quickly looked at this website, and, and the first website, I just wrote uh, uh, events in Israel. And the first thing that came was CNN website, CNN website. So I clicked on CNN, and I read. Listen to what I read. I copied it. The scale and sophistication of Hamas incursion into Israel Saturday prompted questions about whether the militant group could have done it alone or if it had helped, whether that could have uh, come from the long-time backer in the region Iran. Sounds fair, right? No suspicion of anything I just read, right? Uh, then they reported that Israel reported that 900 Israelis were killed. Photographs of explosions in Israel. But photographs were taken from above. You see burning buildings. 
but it's probably satellite uh, photographs. You don't see people. Just buildings burning. And then if you scroll down, just one page, a photo of a father carrying his wounded child. Child is screaming in the midst of devastation. Large-scale photo, not from above. And the commentary is saying, this is Gaza as a result of Israeli retaliation. You understand? It's called indirect suggestion. My commentary, Hamas is not a militant group, as CNN states. And many, many people say, militant group, that is not absolutely not true. A militant group, by definition, is a group within some country, or in a no-man's land, doesn't matter. Sometimes militant group is hiding in the forest between countries. But it operates on its own. This is not a militant group. Here is information. Legislative elections were held in the Palestinian territories on 25th of January 2006 in order to elect the Palestinian Legislative Council. The result was a victory of Hamas, which received 44.5% of the vote and won 74 out of 132 seats, while the ruling Fatah received only 41%. And on February 20th, we're talking about 2006, uh, 2007 now, Hamas leader Ishmael Hania, or whatever, Hania, was nominated to form a new government. So, from 2007, it's a legitimate government. And the legitimate government of uh, whatever they call it themselves, of, of Palestinian Authority or, or Gaza Authority, send the troops to attack Israel, send the rockets indiscriminately, not against any army, just to kill people. I want to stop talking about this event now. I just wanted to bring, bring this up, and for you, ladies and gentlemen, to think of what's going on. I, I looked at a couple of other websites, and this the same story. And this story has been repeated over and over again. And I have seen videos uh, from maybe a few years ago, I think, where they send a child strapped with, with explosives. And the child is walking toward um, Israeli posts. Several Israelis are standing there. And Behind the wall, there are several, you can see, looking out, several, whoever they are, uh, people. And the child is reluctant, kind of looks back, and then they say, go, go, go. The child may be seven or six, seven years old, and they say, go, 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 and he goes. And he's with the explosives. And what do you think the Israeli does? He shoots. He's crying and he's shooting. And of course, when he shoots, 
not that he shoots a child, there is a huge explosion. That's what is happening. They hate the Jews more than they love their children. Uh, there, are, there is a lot of discussion of the legitimacy of Israeli state. And as I said, there is a lot of brainwashing because our universities are filled with people whose intent is to brainwash our youth. Remember the bombardment of money, of funds, started decades ago. So those young people who went to universities and were brainwashed 20, 30 years ago, today are adults and many are decision makers. So I would be happy to continue the dialogue. Uh, if any of you are interested, you can send me emails. I just wanted to bring it up. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, let me take a, a, a call now. We have Greg from Calgary. Greg, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Dr. Resnick. How are you? Hi. I, thank you. Thank you. How are you? All right. I wanted, I was calling, um, I wasn't able to hear the last few weeks shows. I listened to them over the weekend and you mentioned something about, uh, dealing with difficult times and you, you had a talk at Gary's ranch. Um, yes, and yes. I'm definitely interested in hearing that definitely the long form too. I know oh, you. Thank you. Thank that, you for bringing it up. You, you know, uh, Greg, I, I actually intended to do just that because I received an email from someone and also I spoke to my friend Rick from Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and he also asked to talk about um, what the content of my um, presentation at Gary Knowles. Uh, retreat. So I will be happy to do that. Thank you for reminding me. I just got um, distracted a little bit by the events that are, that are happening now in the world, uh, but sure. I will definitely do it um, today. Okay, right. Sounds good. Thank you, Dr. Okay. Resnick. Take care. Mm -hmm. well. Okay. Uh, here, Greg reminded me that's very good. I definitely will uh, at least start talking on the subject. The subject was keeping sanity in the world that went crazy. Uh, that was before this last war. The wars are happening all the time. Uh, I just wanted... Um, okay, let, let me start with that. Let me start with emails that I received. I received an email from Christopher. Uh, he wrote a nice, nice email. Thank you, Christopher, for your kind words. Uh, but also, Christopher, you ask some interesting questions. Uh, here I will read Christopher's. Uh, Christopher received, uh, allowed me to, uh, to read it on the air and give his name. Dr. Resnick, you said that God breathed life into Adam, and God did not do the same with the animals. Could you elaborate on this? Are we not 
just highly intelligent animals, uh, but a completely different kind of species? That's the question. Are we not just highly intelligent animals, but a completely different species? Yes, Christopher. That is a good way to put it. Yes, we are. God existed, and this is my attempt to, to answer, and I hope I will succeed to answer your question. God created the universe, the stars, the planets, the earth with its oceans, and then the land that God separated the water from, from the land, and the land appeared, and the trees came about. Then out of the ground, the dirt, God created the animals and the body of a human, Adam. Adam literally means, comes from Adama, means earth. All those creatures had different levels of what we call consciousness. Of course, the animals had greater level of consciousness than the trees. The trees had greater level of consciousness than water. Water had greater consciousness than rocks, and so on and so on. All the universe permeates with different levels of consciousness. But into a human body, into Adam, God breathed God's breath. Remember, God, Lord, formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This godly breath, which is in all of us, existed before the universe, because it's God's breath. That is, because God existed before the universe, we are carrying that thing that lives forever. And in this godly breath, which we call our godly soul, we attain our eternity. When even all the stars die, which physicists say will eventually happen, they say that the universe is expanding, and at some point in time, billions and billions of years from now, the universe will begin to contract before expanding, and then begins to contract till it will become one infinitely small dot. That all will happen, but our godly soul will just remain a part of God. So when a human being comes into a physical plane of existence, he or she possesses what in Hebrew is called nefesh, the animal soul, just like other animals, or awareness, we, we have awareness. You know, we know the fetus is, has awareness. The fetus is responding to music, to kindness of the mother, um, and it responds differently, even moves when it's a stranger who approaches the mother or, or the father, and so on. So, the animal soul, you know, just like uh, souls of other animals, have consciousness. The dog has conscious awareness. The bird on the tree has conscious awareness. The worm in the ground has conscious awareness. 
they are just different levels of awareness. Nevertheless, that all is conscious awareness. The little chimp with his conscious awareness can use a stick to knock down a banana from the tree. The beavers have the awareness to build domes in a, a river. With our awareness, we are able to figure out complex tasks of making cars, preparing elaborate meals, writing letters, going under the water in scuba diving equipment. But the other part of us, the godly soul, is something completely different. The part that the animals do not have is interested in godly things like giving mercy uh, uh, or, or extending mercy, I should say, probably, um, pursuing justice, connectedness, growth, lovingness, all that which we attribute to God. Let me tell you actually a story I heard from Rabbi Manis Friedman. Uh, once a princess married a peasant, for whatever reason, the peasant received the princess as a re reward from the king because he did something outstanding for the kingdom. So the beautiful queen, princess moved into the peasant's house. The peasant was super happy. And he was attentive, loving, caring, a good husband in every possible way. But after a few weeks, he noticed that his wife was sad. So with his peasant mind, he thought, mm, my wife is sad. She probably feels that there are no, not enough potatoes in our house. So he worked very hard. And within a month, he grew a lot of potatoes. But the young bride remained sad. So he thought, ah, how silly it was of me. It is tomatoes that she is missing. Again, he worked very hard, and within another month, he grew a lot of tomatoes. But his wife remained sad. Then he paved the road, planted new trees, but she still was sad. And finally, he lost it. He said, what is wrong with you, my wife? No matter what I do for you, you are not happy. And the sad princess answered, I'm a princess. I grew up in a castle. Every day we had greatest musicians play their music. We had theater. We had philosophers debating. We had fireworks. We had parades. And you bring me tomatoes and potatoes. And the more effort you make, the more I feel how little you understand what my needs are what my needs are. That is how it is with our godly soul, the princess. It's accustomed to spiritual pursuits, to growth, connectedness with others, love, explorations of various aspects of the self. And our animal soul, material soul, is offering it potatoes, new cars, larger sum of money in the bank, not enough, here is a summer home, a boat, more money, and the godly soul is getting more and more sad. Only when our nefesh, our conscious awareness, finally gets it, when it finally gets it, 
when we begin to really listen to what the princess inside of us is longing for, we become one with our true self. We become fulfilled and happy. A, a long answer to a simple question, Christopher. I hope uh, I answered your question. Another email about heaven also. Uh, are there two heavens? Yes. Indeed, there are two heavens. In Hebrew, heaven is Shemaim, meaning if you uh, break the word, Shem in Hebrew means there, and Maim means water. So, on the physical plane, heaven is understood as water there, which was kind of weird till scientists discovered in 20th century that most of space in the universe is filled with meteorites, which are all pure ice. So God separated the waters from above from the waters from below. Remember, that happened on day two of creation, where we went through it, chapter 1, verse 7. That's one heaven. But also, we understand there is another heaven, and that is a spiritual reality, non-physical, where all consciousness is. And it's all part of the consciousness we call God. But that's all ahead of us. That's much more complicated. Uh, we can talk about it some time, probably, <laughs> maybe a couple of years from now. Oh. Uh, that's already uh, way advanced, um, kind of Kabbalah. And that's how we understand about the second um, Shamaim, the second heaven. Uh, now, I got another email from my friend Ricardo from California. Here is a question. In the Deuteronomy, he writes, as Moses is giving for a well speech, God says not to inquire or speak with the dead or sorcerers. So, I'm wondering how this applies to the ability of your psychic nephew. Interesting, very good question, Ricardo. Yes, you probably already all heard. Uh, I told you about my nephew, Vlad, who is a psychic medium, and some of you heard him speak. I invited him at least for six times on the show. We had nice discussions. So, what about my nephew? I will tell you. We are prohibited, Ricardo, that's absolutely right. We are prohibited to talk to the sorcerers and summon spirits of the dead. And yet I told you that Vladimir Vlad connected with somebody uh, who was murdered and found out where the murder weapon was hidden. That was many years, over 20 years ago. And um, police department, New York State Police Department give, gave him a, a reward in participating of on uncovering a crime. So, so how can it be? We are not permitted 
to summon the spirits of the dead. It's in the book of, also in the book of Samuel, when King Saul summons prophet uh, Samuel. And Samuel tells him, why did you wake me up from my slumber? Because you did that, not for anything else. Because you did that. Um, before the nightfall, you and your children will be dead. So, but I have to tell you, Vlad does not summon the dead. He asks if anyone is interested in communicating. Those, that, that means he goes into space, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and in that space, anybody who wants to come, comes. But for example, that murdered person, of course, uh, or, or anybody who wants to communicate with these people in the physical plane, they're all searching for a window, for an opening. And people who are psychics, they can be seen by people from the other side, that's my understanding, and the understanding of those psychics that I spoke to. They can be seen, they can, they, they, they're perceived by those people as those uh, windows, and they, they, are, they have the desire to connect with people on this side. And so then, when he enters that space, gives them a possibility, whoever wants to come, comes. I don't know if I told you this, that's uh, doing a little detour. Many, many years ago, when, when Vlad, now Vlad is, thank God, 55, but when he was in his early 20s, and all the spirits started kind of bothering him, once uh, they recognized that he, he is the window, wherever he would go, or sometimes when he would be at home, different, he would like, felt like he was schizophrenic, different voices were talking to him, and he shared it with me, and said, it's overwhelming, I, I cannot rest. And I said, okay, here's what you do. You ask anybody who wants to talk to me, or to somebody else through me, here is uh, my word for, to all of you. I cannot either have to shut myself off from you, or you create order. That is, every day, I don't remember what the uh, time of the day, I said, every day at this particular hour, I will be available. And you decide who speaks to me first. And then for an hour, I will be talking to you. And he did it, and then everything became um, orderly, and he did not have a problem anymore. So uh, that's how it worked out. And from then, from that time on, he really didn't need my help. He, he did incredible things. And uh, in fact, uh, I think I mentioned to you at some point, the spirits told him that he can become a healer. And again, he spoke to me about it. And I, this was one time he did not listen to me. And I'm happy that he did not. And I told him, listen, uh, there, there is, uh, you cannot go into healing people because, you know, people will sue you. Uh, you don't know what you're dealing with. The, the people have medical problems. He listened to me, but he did not follow me. And I'm so happy because he helped, helped so, so, so many people suffering from very serious illnesses. Okay.
Now, I hope Ricardo answered your question. And now I will uh, talk about what, what Greg just called about and my friend from Eric from Florida uh, to talk about keeping sanity in the world that went crazy. I also Jennifer wrote to me with the same request. So I'm not going to do the whole program for you, but I will I will do some. I will start today and then as if I get feedback from you, if I know there are people who are not only listening but practicing, then I will continue sharing because it was a lot of tools that I introduced. When I met the group at Gary's retreat, what was already now, what, two weeks ago, or a little more, I wanted to challenge them. Uh, I wanted them to practice for three weeks what, what I would offer them, to practice it with all their commitment and will. And even if what I told them seemed to be unrealistic, I still wanted them to put their skepticism aside only for three weeks and take a risk. And I quoted, I started, I believe I started by quoting uh, an influential Chinese philosopher, Chuang Tzu, who lived um, during the 4th century BCE, who wrote, I came to speak to you dangerous words. I only ask that you listen dangerously. And since all these participants came, knew Gary Noll, came to the retreat because of Gary Noll, who has been saying dangerous words for over 50 years, fighting every crook, political crook, and Monsanto for poisoning our waters and, and land, and then so on. And so I knew I was talking to a receptive audience. I told the group that every single tool that I would be sharing with them during the duration of the course would be about R&R. No, and it was not about rest and relaxation, you may think, but about radical responsibility. One of those tools I would like to share with you today, and this will be the first assignment that I'm giving you. And this tool will allow you to have no enemies. Just imagine some of you, if it's not an enemy, somebody who, is, who doesn't like you, somebody who does some harm, you will have no enemies. If you practice this tool, think about that. And I will tell you how you suddenly get rid of the enemies. That involves, again, taking a risk and accepting something that I told you in other, in other shows, that nothing happens in this universe of meaning, in God's universe, without God's approval. Anything you can think of, everything, everything happens. God's approval. And with, which means if somebody robbed you, it happens with God's approval. That person is still a criminal. 
he or she still has a debt to pay. That's between that person and God. But this is happening with God's approval, which means you need to ask, what is the message? Otherwise, we are like that dog. You know, you probably know, if you, if you take a stick, and I hope nobody does this, but if, but if you take a stick, like say a broom, and begin to hit the dog, what does the dog do? Who does the dog bite? The dog bites the broom. The dog is stupid, not intelligent enough to understand that you are the one who is holding the, the, the stick. No, the dog is biting the stick. The same thing, something, somebody attacks us and we say, oh, I hate this person. No, this is God is trying to tell us something. So take three weeks and anything not good happening to you, ask yourself, what is God trying to teach me? This is just a person who is an instrument. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't protect yourself. Well, absolutely. But after that happens, you have to ask, what was the message? Now, as I was telling you this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, the thought about Israel came to my mind again. Because if I am telling you this, and some of you probably thought, you were just talking about Israel being attacked by, by this Hamas. But isn't it fighting Hamas is biting the stick? No, no, we still have to protect ourselves. But yes, it is the responsibility, not only of Israel, but all Jewish people to ask, what is God telling us? All that is happening, we created. I know it's hard to swallow, but for example, on Yom Kippur, which we celebrated a month ago, we went through Yom Kippur, and we were praying, saying, because of our sins, God destroyed the temple, you know, the second temple, or the first one too. We say, because of our sins, we don't say, oh, that terrible Emperor Titus sent these Roman soldiers who surrounded Jerusalem and destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. No, we say that was just an instrument of God. We were responsible. Why? Because of unnecessary resentment, hatred between the Jews then. Remember God said to Abraham, you will be the light into the nations. What does it mean? I am giving you Torah, that is the book of instruction. And also God said, people will look at you because you are following this book of instruction and will say, what a wise and peaceful nation it is and will want to follow you. So God did not give the Jews the Torah so they would have fun with it or feel special. No, they were to create a functional society and by being the way they were, to be the light into the nations. Instead, throughout history, over and over, the Jews were hiding, fighting each other, and over and over they were destroyed. When Jews were together in peace, in, in, in very short periods of time, they were invincible. 
That is when they were with Joshua or when they were with King Solomon. They were invincible. There was peace. But unfortunately, we are fighting each other. In, in what way? Remember, things don't happen right away. I'll give you an example. Uh, Jer Jerusalem Gay Parade. Jerusalem Gay Pride Parade. The annual parade taking place in Jerusalem since uh, 2002. It's called Love Without Borders Parade. It's written clearly in the Torah uh, that uh, men lying to men is of the abomination to God. Now, I have to tell you, if I were, it was up to me, I would say two human beings love one another. Thank God there is so much hatred. Why not to, to, to allow them to live and be in peace? That's perfectly fine. But I'm not God. I did not make this decision. But even more, I cannot live, live up to it by myself. How? One of my very first friends uh, in America, Robert, is, is gay, was gay, he died. He was my friend from the first year in America till, uh, till two years ago when he died. And he was such a good friend because I left my beloved uh, and hope was hoping to reunite with her back in the Soviet Union. Robert was willing to travel to the Soviet Union and to marry her. Only that was the way to, to get somebody out, somebody who was not Jewish, to get them out of the Soviet Union. He was willing to travel and to marry her and bring her to me. Eventually she decided not to, to do that and she got married and so on. But that's a whole other story. But that's, so he was a wonderful friend. And what about God said it's abomination when the person is homosexual. I, I cannot, some things I can follow, some I cannot follow. I accept people as they are, and that's it. I don't judge them. Probably God wants me to judge, but I don't follow every single thing. But I'm not saying the Torah is nonsense. I'm just saying some things I can follow, some I'm not. Okay? So, but to create, to have a parade in the holy city, that's abomination. It's really spiting God. It's really like I, I knew somebody, uh, somebody I know, somebody's daughter was uh, dating a guy. Or Yom Kippur is uh, one of the holiest days when people fast, they don't eat at all. And he, couple Israeli guy, and he, couple and his couple of his friends were barbecuing on Yom Kippur to spite God. And this is not one example on the liberals in Israel are anti-God, anti-religion. They want to create a secular state. It's so ridiculous because the moment they make it a secular state, the Jewish state will cease to exist. Because there is 1.5 million uh, Arabs in, uh, in Israel, by the way, living in peace. Some of them are members of the government, but it has to be a Jewish state. Otherwise, the Jewish state will cease to exist within, within a decade. 
because simply because Arabs uh, multiply, they have more children, and, and it will stop being a Jewish state. So there is so much tension between the Jews now in Israel. The only thing that brings Jews together is a war. Perhaps it's God's way to remind them to be to be to have unity. But I, I digressed actually because I was sharing with you with the technique. This is just an example uh, of me and I believe many other people take, do take responsibility. It's just painful to talk about it while our people are dying. But it's not happening by a chance. And yet the enemy is the enemy. And the enemy now is the whole state, what you would call, of Gaza. Why? Because people elected the government. The government, that the leaders of government have billions. It did nothing, absolutely nothing for their people still since 2007. All they do is they dig tunnels and try to kill the Jews. That's all. They did nothing. They have billions of dollars. If you go on the internet and, and just type uh, leaders of Hamas and then say um, net worth of this leader, of this leader, you will see they own billions. Where did they get them from? So it's a big, big, big subject. But let's go back to the tool that I was speaking about. And that is for three weeks, Make a choice. Think of having no enemies. If anybody does anything against you, say, oh, he's just a tool. So immediately you will stop being resentful because this person is a tool and yet you are absolutely entitled to, have right to protect yourself against that person. But don't hate that person because that person is a gift from God to remind you of something that you need to look at within yourself. Okay, let's. <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's already uh, 2:50, and we did not start even talking about uh, Genesis. But I guess that's okay. Um, so let me go back still. We back to Genesis chapter three. We covered Adam and Eve, their birth, and their transgression of eating from the tree of knowledge. Adam and Eve, remember, God told them, for the moment you eat, you will surely die. And then we said they didn't die. It wasn't meant that they will just drop dead, but they will become mortal. And indeed, they become mortal. Uh, and, of course, in the previous verses, they absolutely refuse to take responsibility. And this, I'm sorry, there are noises from outside. Somebody parked illegally. Uh, this theme of not accepting responsibility goes throughout history. So, Adam and Eve refuse to take responsibility. Excuse me, Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent, and the serpent is cursed. That's where we ended 
three, chapter 3, verse 15, the serpent is cursed, and God says that the offsprings of Eve and the offsprings of the serpent will be enemy forever. And now we get to chapter 3, verse 16. And to the woman he said, you will surely multiply your, I will surely multiply your pain in childbirthing. In pain you shall birth your children. Parenthesis, notice, God said, multiply your pain, which means that she was meant to give birth and to experience some pain from the start. Not a lot of pain. You've seen animals giving birth. They're not screaming and, and um, showing that they have a lot of distress, but there is significant discomfort, and then it's over. But for a woman, I will multiply your pain. Your desire shall be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. Well, <laughs> is that true today? Well, research shows that contrary to what people say publicly because of a woman's liberation movement um, and, and absolutely the movement toward a woman um, receiving this as much money as a man, woman being valued as much as a man, it's all fantastic. But polls show that women prefer dominant men. Women prefer men who they feel safe with, assuming that they are caring and not abusive. We continue. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Whoa. Notice that God does not curse either Eve or Adam. God curses the earth under Adam. He continues, In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. <laughs> Supporting Gary Null again, which means our, our forefathers, Adam and Eve, were meant to be vegetarian. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, parenthesis. Notice, he talks now, God talks about agriculture. You should eat bread. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So basically, uh, God is saying that now you are mortal. You will have to work. Remember, before, Adam did not need to work. Everything was on the trees. And suddenly, Adam is downgraded, kind of. He has to work to make bread. It's not, it's not, bread will not be hanging on the trees, but Adam will have to work. So, 
let's see what happens. Oh, no, no, we cannot see what happens next. Oh, a lot of interesting stuff. And man called, verse 20, man called his wife Adam, uh, his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin to close them. Wow. No anger, notice, no anger from for Adam and Eve, no anger from anybody. Adam is, is calling for Eve. It's written, the man, not, not God, but the man called his wife Eve because she will, was to be the mother of all living. Suddenly, why Adam now is not screaming and yelling, how come that you seduced me? No, suddenly Adam realizes that Eve is the mother of all living. Through Eve, Adam will have his immortality back. Through Eve, he will continue living. That is, through children that will, she will bring into this world. So, we have to finish now at, at this verse 20. Um, a lot of interesting stuff is to happen. You know, I, I kind of prepared myself uh, for this uh, hour and a lot of exploration, a lot of thoughts I put in, into the following chapters. But we'll talk about it next week. Uh, if, of course, uh, you don't have other suggestions. And again, this show is for you. I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, I will accommodate you. I will respond your e to your emails. I will follow, I will, uh, follow your lead and um, try to, to address whatever subject you want me to address. As long as and I know something about it, and hopefully it is about health and healing. For now, I want to thank you uh, for being with me uh, next Tuesday at 2 p.m. I will be happy to have your attention. Uh, be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace. <laughs>